Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Nice. Hey everyone! Hey, <laughs> welcome to another episode of That's All Funny. Uh, my guest today is uh, Colin, uh, what developer, creator, designer, director of uh, the game you just saw, Pizza Kid, uh, coming soon. Uh, demo available already on Steam. Uh, what's up, Colin? How hey, doing? how's it going? It's good. It's just uh, another day. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, man. No, I mean, I hope hope you guys like that intro. No, no, it's it's tight, uh, man. Like it's got a nice sure. mixture of gameplay because I played the demo yeah. and then uh, was yeah. like hand drawn animation. Like you do the yeah. animation. Yeah, the intro. So that believe it or not, the demo that you guys are checking out on Steam is actually a prototype demo. So we're actually redesigning the game um, visually, like more like an aesthetic overhaul. So you'll see some some newer updates coming uh, this year, and uh, hopefully sooner than later um <laughs> but uh yeah we'll get into that later so yeah no yeah. i know those yeah. those kind of things take time especially yeah even in triple a triple a high budget crazy rock star type productions you got oh, yeah uh yeah. delays like that so no uh no i i, yeah. I played the i remember playing the <laughs> playing on a nine to five budget bro dude for <laughs> real i know the feeling Grind everything is yeah. on a budget now mm-hmm. nowadays. Well, I mean, like we we self fund, so yeah, yeah, we oh, self funded. Right. Yeah, you know, so it's no, a, but it's it's, it's struggle. Good you, it, it it's good too though because you have control of your own, like what you want to do. You know what I mean? You don't have to answer. Oh, absolutely, yeah. To anyone, you know. So that's always good yep. uh, to own it. No, yeah. I played the yeah. demo of this game on a uh, Steam. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It gives me the real Streets of Rage, Ninja Thanks, Turtles. Man type vibe uh but mm-hmm. then it has like a combo and parry system kind of like a like yeah. a one-on-one fighter you know what i mean yeah um yeah. like you being a small team or or just you i'll say yeah. uh what wh- what is really like what what do you what do you put into like the game and what do you kind of mm-hmm. have have other people do like the music i know there's unique mm-hmm. music to 
it. There's a voiceover. There's uh, all the yeah. art and stuff. So like, what, what, yeah, what are you like in charge of? Basically, oh man, I'm I'm like the conductor, you know, of an orchestra. Basically, like, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty wild. So I um obviously created the game from nothing. So just an idea, <laughs> and <laughs> then um you know I hired freelancers and partnered up with some people. Um, we went through some transitional phases where we found a couple um, programmers who originally were interested in helping us out um, and then kind of went from basically having nobody to having somebody really cool. Uh, his name is Slime. That's the way he goes by. Uh, he's a, <laughs> a programmer, coder out in uh, Canada. So he's like... He sounds uh, reliable. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's like this mastermind, you know, oh, yeah. programmer, coder. Um, really cool guy. Just never met him really in person or anything like that. We haven't even talked on the phone more than once. So <laughs> it's crazy. No. Like with the, the way technology is today, um, the whole game is actually, believe it or not, is developed, uh, through discord. So, really? so, so we conduct our entire, um, development team, um, you know, production and everything through discord. Um, yeah. So amazing. we are on there like daily, you know, so, um, I did, uh, I basically did all the concept art, um, from, mm -hmm. the, from the start, you know, I started with like really rough sketches and I, I should say like, I didn't do the final concept art, but I definitely did like roughs and stuff. Um, wrote the story and, uh, just designed the gameplay, uh, you know, basically mapped everything out for everybody. And as a design director, you're, you're constantly delegating different responsibilities and tasks to people. So mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's cool. Um, I mean, based on my background, I'm an, I'm actually an art director, design director anyway. So that's what I do for my, my actual nine to five job. Okay. Um, that's what I've always done. And, uh, yeah, so mm -hmm. I, I kind of do it all, <laughs> you know, I don't, <laughs> it's weird. Cause I actually do music production, but I didn't do music production for this game. I actually mm -hmm. enjoy working with people. I, uh, like. I appreciate their art and their music. So I, I like want to work with those people. So I reach out to usually to my friends or people I've met in the past. So Kevin, Kevin Ripley is a super talented musician, um, composer, producer. He's out of Philadelphia. He produced all the music for the game. So he's really talented, like super talented. And uh, I love his music and it always had like a video game vibe. So He's actually a jazz musician, so he was just like into electronic music for a while. He's been doing that for, you know, I guess 10, 10 or 15 years, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I and I heard all this music that he made that was kind of just sitting, I guess, like on his on his computer, you know, or <laughs> on his hard drive. Yeah. He sent yeah. me like he sent me like folders of of material, and I was just like, wow, like the music he was making actually helped me visualize the game. I know it sounds kind of weird. Like the music was done before the game, if that makes sense. No, yeah, it can. The music inspired inspire you. Yeah. yeah, the music actually inspired the game aesthetics mm -hmm. and the game's visuals. I mean, you know, obviously we worked on stuff that was original. At some point, I actually went to him. I was like, "I need you to make me something that sounds like this." I mean, I grew up in the '90s. I'm. A, I'm I grew up in the '80s and the '90s, <laughs> but that's like yeah. my era. You know, the '90s mm -hmm. arcades. No, me too. Love the '90s, man, for everything: video games, you know, anime, music, clothing, whatever. Um, <laughs> that's the era, man. Sports, 
no it's all making a comeback it really is all, all of that yeah. aesthetic especially yeah. Yeah. when you look at games nowadays and their inspirations you know and, oh, yeah, and totally. i was gonna, i was gonna ask yeah. you um had you like i know you said your this is kind of pertains to your normal nine to five job mm-hmm. uh your art direction and all that or your background mm-hmm. but have you ever developed a game before or is this the first time you were like you know what i'm gonna you know dip my toes in this and yeah really like go for it you know or have you uh helped or done any sort of game development before actually um so the way i kind of fell into the game thing was um i took a ux ui class in school uh Mm -hmm. i mean i went back to school many times as in art you know an artist designer um you always want to kind of keep keep up to date with the latest technology and software it's changing faster than ever yeah and just design trends things like that so every couple years you know if i have some extra money i'm like hey let me take a night class or whatever Mm -hmm. at one of the local community colleges which has like a really great design program so i went back to school and um took a couple extra classes in web you know some web stuff like years ago several years back and when i got into the ux ui stuff like the interactive design i met some people there and they kind of introduced me to discord and and i was in this like uh, game community, game society community or whatever of a variety of developers and designers. And I just had, I guess I just had the, uh, the idea out of like, I don't know. It's, I guess it's a, it's sort of a, an internal, you know, it's, it's like a, a moment in time where you're like, you know what, For whatever reason you're like, I think I want to make a game. Like I pretty <laughs> much did everything else as an artist and designer mm-hmm. i used to make music i used to put out vinyl records and i made t-shirts i made hats i used to manufacture clothing and uh i've designed you know music packaging cds um you know business cards all that stuff all printed media i just mm-hmm. got to the point where i was like what didn't i do yet so no games were something that i've always loved obviously um but uh you know i think my kids were what inspired me to want to make a game Mm -hmm. Um, because i'd see the games that they were playing and then i'd be like you know what i think i might be able to make something that's probably as good or maybe more interesting to them so i introduced my children to games that i liked as a kid and then they were like kind of into some of the stuff like streets of rage 4 they loved oh yeah and uh they love sekiro which is like you know one of the most difficult you know action ninja shinobi whatever games you want to call it they they call it a what do they call that? A soul. I mean, I know it's made by they call it souls like, but I wouldn't even consider it like that because it's kind of its own thing. Yeah, it's its own entity. But yeah, it's like Ninja Gaiden type. It's just it's a Sekiro like. <laughs> yeah, it's like Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> it's Ninja Gaiden, but yeah, it's just <laughs> it's actually a really phenomenal game. It's probably one of the best design games I've ever experienced, beside like Metal Gear Solid, and uh, you know several other games that I probably. You know, probably most people would be like, oh, okay. You know, Contra was amazing. <laughs> Street Fighter, obviously. Mark of the Wolves. I, lo- You know, so many games that we all grew up playing. And mm-hmm. From the Neo Geo, Capcom, Eric, Konami, you know, all the classics. Mario, I love Nintendo games, obviously. But, um, yeah. Uh, just wanted to make a game, man. I just wanted to do something unique. Something a little different from what I was used to. And uh, really, I think as an indie... You kind of make games for yourself first. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of 
something that we've talked about in the past with like our our peers. Like I think it's really important as an indie to make the game that you want to make, not something that you're making, you know, obviously to impress people or or make money off of, but it's more like let's make something that we want to play, something that's not a, something that literally doesn't exist at least in your mind. Yeah. And then of course. you know, it's like making a movie, a movie that you you've imagined or dreamed up some you know at some point. So that's pretty much it, man. I mean, it's just just a matter of like visualizing something that I thought could be cool. So no, I completely get yeah, that. Uh, yeah. Like, like I know I, I'm I'm not much of an artist, but I'm more mm-hmm. of a writer. And mm-hmm. when I write like a story, I write it for myself, so I know I'll enjoy it. If right. you get to a point where you you feel like you're writing to entertain someone else or a or a mass group, mm-hmm. it gets like like a chore, like it's boring, mm-hmm. like exactly. your heart's not in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I can definitely see yeah. that being yeah, the sure. passion. Yeah, for uh, sure. And, you know, with Pizza Kate, I know you're saying a little bit about, you know, it's inspirations and where it came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story, like, did you have the story first and then the gameplay? Or did you have the gameplay, like, in your mind and then the story? Like, what sort of came the chicken and the egg? Type? What yeah, it's first? weird. Actually, um, I mean, this game has evolved from, like, literally. I've done interviews in the past where I've actually explained this. Um, mm-hmm. But just to, like, sort of glaze over it, I guess, or gloss over it. It's like I was trying to make a game for my kids that was about healthy food. (laughs) (laughs) So it started off as this pizza game where like you run around and find ingredients and you make pizzas, but you also like beat up these like evil vegetables that are poisoned and you're trying to make them like whole, (laughs) you know, so (laughs) kind of silly, but my kids weren't feeling it. So (laughs) we went back to the drawing board and then I was like, you know what, man, I love I just love beat 'em up games, but I, I feel like beat 'em beat 'em up games are for the most part they're almost like a cliche, like in a sense. Like I hate to to say no. there is that the trope of the the crime, you know, the crime and the police, <laughs> you know, yeah, the yeah. criminal and the police and the streets, you know, it's it's just all kind of the same. But um that's not a knock on any any beat 'em up developer, any because I mean I I appreciate all the, the games that are coming out now, but I mean, me personally, I just didn't want to make another Streets of Rage game or another, mm-hmm. you know, even, I don't even, even know if you realize this, but the game is a side scroll beat em up. So it's not, it's on a lateral plane. It's not Z axis or they call them belt. Is it a, what is it called? I forget. I think I know belt, what you're talking belt, about, but I didn't sorry, know. It's called, it's called belt scrolling. That's what they call uh-huh. it in Japan. Belt scroller. Uh-huh. The reason why they call it that is because it's on an overhead. The camera is sort of overhead, mm-hmm. and you can move up and down in vertical move, like vertical movement. Mm-hmm. In Pizza Kid, you don't move back in space at all. You just stay on a lateral plane. It's more like a fighting game. So, and that that was inspired by uh, Ninja Savior or Ninja Ninja Warriors. I mean, I love that game, Ninja Warriors uh, by Natsume Atari. So that's uh, one of my favorite. And to me, that's probably something like I, you you notice and you don't notice, but like subconsciously, you know, yeah. where you're like, oh, it's yeah. kind of a beat em up. But then, yeah. while you're playing it, you're like, why does this feel different? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this feels or you, fresh. Or, yeah, or even know. like Guardian Heroes was my absolute all time favorite game. But I know that uh, I think it was Mad Cafe or I forget the name of the studio that developed it. Um, the Japanese company, I think, or the group was like something cafe i forget but um 
they they developed a, a bunch of games. The director, um, he uh, he made um, Mad Stalker. Are you familiar with that game? No, I'm not. PC Engine. Yeah, that was really good. I mean, those games for their time for the time period and you know when they came out, pretty cool. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I just just want to make a cool side scroll beat 'em up, something unique that wasn't completely familiar to everybody. I mean, obviously it has familiar mechanics, but I wanted to try some unique things, but also I wanted to leave room for a follow-up game or a sequel. Mm -hmm. Cause I know that a lot of Indies, they, um, they tend to like broaden their scope a little too much. And that game almost never comes out or takes like seven, seven or 10 years to come out. I just don't have that much time. <laughs> so I'm like <laughs> not dying or anything, but you know what I'm saying? No, just, I hear you. And I, I know hear you. But um, you don't want it to be an early access for the entire yeah, uh, life. Yeah, exactly. Game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, just speaking of that, how long have you question. been? How long have you been working on on the game? Like from um, so like when you, development. When you see you officially like when oh, officially launched the, the the development of it. Um, I guess like we could say late two thousand and twenty one. Um. It's weird because I, like I said, I went through a number of different programmers, like just a couple different programmers who were just trying to help me come up with a prototype because that was the whole, the whole deal was like, all right, how do I make this game? Like, where do I even start? I have mm -hmm. no programming experience whatsoever other than like maybe HTML and some basic stuff, but I've like no unity experience. I have no game design experience, but I have design experience. So once I understood and like kind of learned from people I was working with and learned from research, like doing extensive research on game development. Um, I think that's where we, we kind of like got things going a little bit smoother. Um, but yeah, I would say, believe it or not, the demo that is out on steam right now, we made the demo in three months. That prototype. Oh, wow. Yeah. It took a Dang. while to make some of the assets, but the, but the actual construction and comp like the compiling of, of everything that's in that game took about three months. We kind of crunched on that for a bit because we were trying to get it pitched to a couple big publishers and they wanted to see it sooner than later. So we were like, all right, we'll deliver something in three months. And that was pretty much what we made. Um, we polished it a little here and there. And obviously there's still a lot more to come. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was about, it's about three months, three and a half months of, of actual like, you know, development, but um, asset creation, I've been working on that for a few years now. Um, just like creating like all the animation with the uh, pixel artist, the the first pixel artist. I mean, that's a whole other story. I'm sure you've heard <laughs> some stories, you know, of indies going through different people that they've worked with where some people stay on, some people leave, some people come back. You know, that's kind of what happens when you're an indie. No, I you can know. imagine like some people in... in... And I mean, you got like the demo or the uh, what you were saying done pretty quickly, mm -hmm. but some of these projects take forever. Oh some yeah, will move on or they, do. they have other commitments or yeah, or know, they just don't want to do it anymore or they die. I don't think it can be anything, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. so so my original so the the way it worked was I originally had a programmer and an artist or a pixel artist, and then from there it was just like. All right, so I need I need backgrounds. So I had to find an illustrator to draw these 
you know, beautiful backgrounds, which originally the game was actually just hand drawn. It wasn't going to be pixel art because I was like trying to prototype it. I didn't really want to go and find a pixel artist because they're like a diamond in the rough, you know, to find like these, these gems of, of talent, literally mm-hmm. like, you know, pixel really? art are not easy to come by, you know, good That's pixel artists, not uh-huh. just pixel artists, but pixel artists who can also do great animation. Mm-hmm. Cause there's so many types of pixel artists, you know, there's people who can do pixel art, but they don't want to do animation, you know, or there's animators who can't do pixel art or you've get, or you get the uh, pixel artist who only does like um, segmented animation where they do like more bones based animation or puppet animation, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for like a traditional hand-drawn artist who can do pixel art hmm. in the style of, you know, Capcom SNK, like, I guess Mugen, the Mugen um, community would probably have been a good, good place to explore. But I, at the time, wasn't really thinking of that. Um, but yeah, it was like my team has gone from like you know ten people to twelve people to fourteen people, then back down to eight, and then to six. So it's kind of been like, like I said, mostly freelancers that I've just kind of pick and choose between like for this for this particular task, I can use that person, and then this person, and and just hire them, you know, when I need them. And then it's basically just task oriented stuff. Yeah. You know, because I'm obviously not hiring these people full time. I don't have that kind of capital. So, <laughs> and I work a full time job. So it's like, but then also you said you're like the conductor. So, you know, mm-hmm. it sounds like, you know, when to delegate who and how to delegate. Yeah, and absolutely. You get this done. Yeah. That's what I need for now yeah, exactly. to get this other person's job done. And then, you know, yeah, it, it's cool because for some jobs, I'm like, maybe I should use so, so, but then they might be busy. So I'm like, all right, let me see if I can reach out to this person. And, you know, and they like, for example, um, the illustration, like the intro animation that you saw that trailer was mm-hmm. done by um, our background artist. Or, or like our background concept artist of Yondo. He's in Indonesia and he's like a full-time, uh, he's a, an illustration instructor, I believe. So he has like a master's degree in teaching and, you know, he teaches like classes all over Asia and stuff. So he flies around and he's also <laughs> like this amazing children's book illustrator and stuff. So he's super busy with just life. You know, he has a family. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'll reach out to him and say like, Hey, can you do some background concept art? And he'll be like, yeah, I can get it done in about three months. So like, sometimes <laughs> you just have to wait, you know? And no, it's understandable. And then other times I'm like, well, I could wait for him or I can reach out to like Ellie. Ellie's in the UK and she's an awesome artist and illustrator. So she helped me with like all of our concept sheets for like the individual characters and enemies. And she helped me with move set sheets where we kind of, I mean, I've got like a real quick story about that. It was pretty funny, actually. I just learned about this. So apparently in Japan, they don't do any design sheets for characters. I always thought they did. If you ever seen like Capcom and SNK, they have these awesome, you know, books. Now, now they have these like art books, right? And if you look mm-hmm. at the art book, you see like the moves that are drawn out by an artist like, you know, Akiman would draw out character moves and, and design the character, figure out their special attacks, their base attacks, all this stuff. I always thought they they drew all that out first on a on a sheet, like a character mm-hmm. sheet. Apparently they don't, because uh, one of these Japanese guys that I know, super cool guy, um, he's one of the artists actually helping us um, with the game. Um, 
he just told me like like yo you know we don't in japan we don't do that that's not something we do we don't do design sheets those are compiled and and like they're kind of composited together you know somebody makes these for display after the game's done which oh, i didn't know okay. that. i never knew that because capcom has there's a book called capcom secret file i don't know if you guys ever heard of that it's a magazine that came out um in the late 90s i guess or mid to late 90s um they have like really cool pages of just capcom you know artists drawing characters and showing special attacks i'm sure you guys have seen like the behind the scenes art for uh x-men versus street fighter yeah and and dark stalkers and and that stuff and if you ever look at those character design sheets you'll see all the special attacks and uh anyway i i just thought that somebody drew those up first but apparently he said the designer is the one who draws them up like one at a time and then eventually they kind of put it all together but yeah it's crazy <laughs> oh, I thought that was, yeah. yeah yeah i so, thought that was stuff that that's like oh we have this light around go ahead and just use yeah. it for your book you know what i mean i didn't think yeah. it was an extra yeah <laughs> thing so, yeah. Do. so the crazy thing is like what, what what i do is i'm like i kind of visualize all the moves in my head already and we're a small team so i'm just like okay these are the ideas i have i write it all up and then i give it to ellie and she kind of draws it all and i i send her sketches of of like moves and designs that we want to use and then later on the pixel artist would look at that and say all right then they sketch it up and draw it the way they envision and then we kind of make it all work that way but uh yeah it's i don't know it's just it's a weird way to stumble upon a certain you know process that I didn't yeah, realize. it, it, it kind of really, it wasn't really a thing. I, I I thought it was all. So I'm like designing all these character sheets, you know, for <laughs> basically for nothing. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you got your really... uh, afterward book ready. You yeah, know, I've got my art book do... ready, man. It's <laughs> probably 500 plus sheets already of, of art. Yeah, maybe maybe oh, no, a thousand. That... Oh yeah, we have a book. It's like <laughs> big as my it's head. Ready to go. Yeah, no. No, um, and and I was wondering, you know, like, uh, I know you were saying you had like a little bit of funding for, you know, this game, you know, maybe like mm -hmm. outsource sort of funding. What are the plans like to do? I, you were saying you were pitching it to other publishers. Uh, were you thinking of a a crowdfunding Kickstarter type thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at some point, I've been talking about this for a while. Um, we would have loved to do a Kickstarter. Um in the spring but i don't even know if that's going to be possible at this point just mm -hmm. because of the way that like the movement of the game production has been going it's kind of kind of put on pause i mean i don't know what's like there's like internal stuff that's going on at the moment that i'm trying mm -hmm. to figure out so like everything's still moving along pretty smoothly but some delays you no know, it happens. happens it happens yeah you know in the indie world it's like expected in any world it happened not just yeah, indie. yeah uh, exactly but you know <laughs> that's the good thing like you said it, it's like we're not funded by a big publisher yet so we don't have to answer to anybody but ourselves i mean you i believe that you still have to set a reasonable timeline and deadline or else you'll never finish your game so i think it's super important to kind of work with some milestones reach those goals and keep moving so like right no, now, our, our goal is to redesign level one and two. And then from there, I'm, I'm building out all the levels and backgrounds. We're designing all the 
all the enemies right now with this super talented artist. I mean, phenomenal animator uh, who worked on uh, um, Skullgirls and Slave Zero X and a whole bunch of other games. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's really great. And he's based in the US, so that's really cool. And he's on the East Coast. So when, when we talk, it's like, it's nice because we're kind of on the same you know we're on the same time zone so we don't have to like <laughs> wake up at four in the morning to go talk to somebody in another country or or anything like that but yeah yeah no he's he's great so the lead artist and animator that we had kind of took off he kind of bowed out you know he's he got burnt out so he was he was like at the point where i guess he, it was just too overwhelming for him so no it happened super, super talented artist and animator but um I think he wanted, He said he wanted to figure out stuff for his, you know, for himself this year. So he's a good, good guy. So hopefully we'll see him around again. But um, we still talk like through Discord. But that that happened with us, uh, with the programmer. I actually went to school with the first programmer. So, um, he helped me get started and introduced me to a lot of the stuff that I've learned about over the years. And from him kind of leaving and working on his own thing, he led me to other people which you know got me to where i am now so everything happens for a reason you know when uh you know when things happen you kind of just like keep pushing through you know no yeah it's always good and then you're networking you're finding new people to do things who you know oh okay yeah i know someone who knows someone and it it works out you know yeah exactly it's crazy because uh yeah if it wasn't for my lead original lead artist leaving i would have never found the two people that i found actually i found three people now i have two new animators pixel artists one's working on all of kids animations and then another um our other guys working on um all the enemies and then i have a new uh background artist who's doing all these beautiful backgrounds for us so we're like redrawing the levels and we're also scaling the sprites down to 50% their current size, which helps to um, make the production a, a lot more efficient. So, Oh, shit. Yeah, because that'll save us money and time. Originally, we were working, like, I don't recommend anybody working at full scale for sprites. I mean, that was not my choice, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make a game that looked like Neo Geo, you know, which is like, I think it's like 480p by like six something, 670. It's like a weird weird size but we designed the game for switch so that's 1280p by 720 mm-hmm. and um so when we first started working on the game we were for whatever reason we were building sprites at like basically true scale one-to-one and then i met um when i met the japanese sprite designer he was like hey you know if i'm gonna redraw these or pick up where the other animator picked you know left off um we should we should reconsider like you're working at a smaller scale and i'm like i'm absolutely fine with that i mean ideally i would have liked to work at half size you know and then scale up in unity mm-hmm. so so now we're at um we're working at a uh, 640 by 360 i believe yeah so no, like, uh, double double the resolution yeah. no and that sounds like it's it pretty cool yeah how you said like it of course so the the some of the terms go over my head as far as oh, yeah, the game. No, 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 no. It's, it's not even that. But I, I do get it how you're saying, you know, 
uh oh hey this is going to make it more efficient so mm-hmm. me that other uh guy continuing to work on it is mm-hmm. able to do it twice as fast exactly without, without as much work you know like, exactly because you know yeah. to draw these sprites at full size i mean you're talking some of them were like some of them were like 800 pixels tall which is crazy that's like almost three quarters the size of the screen <laughs> at full size like full resolution it was just too much also feel like a lot of the um it gives the character more charm and, and you know charisma like mm-hmm. true pixel artists love like sort of a midway between nintendo you know 8-bit nintendo graphics and and like i guess neo geo cps2 and cps3 capcom sprites like that's kind of the golden the golden age of sprite design so trying to keep it within that 16-bit you know, Rome and and the 24-bit Rome. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. If you and mean- I know I know with uh Pizza Kid I saw you had like like merch and uh other I think you even had a comic book like uh yeah. concept and stuff. What we have a- what other plans would you have? Like we we actually have two comic books in the works. Um uh-huh one is completed it's just missing the uh the story and the the dialogue i mean it's it's written it just has to be you know integrated um mm-hmm. speech bubbles and all that stuff has to be laid out so 
it's just overwhelming because I'm only one person. <laughs> I don't. Oh like, yeah, of course. You know, I don't do. So it's weird. Like a lot of that's part of the reason why some of the people in our in our team would say to me, "Hey, you're not focused. You're not working on the game enough. You're not doing this." And I'm like, "I'm always working on the game. Like you have no idea. I mean, I some <laughs> days I'm up till four in the morning, just." brainstorming about what I'm working on the next day or what I have going on for the next week. I mean, I'm when you're design directing or directing a game, you're managing like, you know, all different types of people, but you're also, if you don't have the money to hire a marketing agency, I'm marketing the game myself. Also, you mm -hmm. know, luckily I have one person who's now helping us get the name out on other social media platforms. Somebody I used to work with, She's based in uh, Midwestern Pennsylvania. She helps us out with, you know, just posting stuff on um, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, which I don't like TikTok, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> um, it's a necessary I, evil. I'll tell you that. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I don't even love Twitter, but I'm on there all the time just posting because I feel like that's where all the indies are. That's mm -hmm. the hot spot. It's a hotbed of talent. But, um, yeah, so... I think what the team doesn't realize is that maybe maybe this goes on all the time with with some indies, but uh, when you're like the the creator slash director of a game, like the lead, if you don't have like actual money behind you, you have to figure out creative ways to market your game, and you have to market your game in parallel, you know, in at the same time as your development. You cannot wait you know, a week before the game's about to come out on Steam and decide that you're going to start posting about it. Because usually you're just a, you know, a, oh, just yeah. a drop in it's a gonna, lake, you know, like you're going to drop dud. water. Yeah, well, it's be like, a dud and then like no one, it's never going to catch traction. Exactly. You yeah. need to build that audience and build the community and build a foundation from its very inception, from the start. And uh, it's so important to build a following. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, like I said, I used to do music. I still do music once in a while, but I've put out a lot of records on vinyl and CD cassettes. And, um, you know, we're, we're an indie music company or we were at one point and it's not easy to promote your music, let alone a video game. So I just took my experience with that and said, there's no way I'm waiting. You know, I don't want to wait, <laughs> you know, six years into development and then decide I'm going to start marketing my game i mean look it it could work for some people maybe it does i don't know but in my experience it didn't work for me so i'd like to continue to share development um you know progress and, and things like that with our discord that's why we encourage people to join our discord and follow us on twitter so they could see what's going on because that's where we're most active and um, yeah and yeah. i think the transparency uh is appreciative of people it'll inspire them to want to do it if they see someone else doing it and it's yeah, like a totally. snow snowball effect of uh, yeah absolutely you know people just i don't know in, enjoying this indie community and yeah, it's fun. following so each other you know yeah it's exactly we gotta support each other and try to help each other out which is like what i do pretty active if i can be on on uh, discord i'm you know a member of various like a variety of channels but um you can only join so many before you're just like you almost it's it's just too much. You know, it's, <laughs> there's not enough time in the day to sit and interact. Uh -huh. You know, there's uh several that I'm a member of that I visit 
you know, I frequent every week just to check in. And um, yeah, they're great. Just to, we kind of all support each other. We share our work, we share our updates, but yeah, um, the game, game development is so much fun. I love it. I don't find it to be like stressful in any way other than dealing with when you're dealing with individuals who have a very strong opinion. <laughs> that's the most, that's the most uh, difficult that's thing. That's the entire internet. I feel yeah, like exactly. So, you know, especially talented individuals who have a strong opinion, but everybody's cool. Like everybody on our team is super cool. We have people no. from, you know, Norway, like Morty. Morty is our, uh, our sound engineer and, and he's a sound effects designer. He does, he does uh UI design, man. He does all kinds of cool stuff. Is um, he like, Oh geez. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> he does all kinds of cool stuff. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, I mean, we have, uh, several people that work on the game just, you know, but, uh, like I said, one, there's one programmer right now. He's kind of on hiatus. He just had a couple kids, so he's taking a break. And that too. All of y'all are doing this yeah. sort yeah. of moonlighting, yeah. moonlighting it. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's cool. It, it, it's of course something y'all, y'all are taking as a, seriously as a job, mm-hmm. but it's still passion, you know, yeah. cause oh, yeah. like it, it's, it, of course it's like, oh, well you're getting yeah you're hiring these people paying the money mm-hmm. but it is passion because they're willing to like sit there talk to you about it you're you can yeah. direct them and well they're you know. dedicated too i like that you know i yeah. like well the other thing is um i like people who are committed to like seeing the whole thing through you know i didn't want somebody who was kind of flaky mm-hmm. you, you really don't have much say in that you know as far as like how people are going to react at some point they might flake out on you and they might just decide they're not they're not in it for the long haul, you know. They're n- nobody is ever as committed as you are as the creator of a game, because nobody mm-hmm. lives in your head and they don't know how crazy you might be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm dedicated. I'm kind of doing this as like a sort of a necessity, I guess you could say. For me, it's like I have to do this. It's like do or die, you know. Yeah, That's it's like hardcore it's- to me. I'm like hardcore game. It's game like your opus, like this mm-hmm. is- magnum opus, yeah. <laughs> that's it, man it's like it's all or nothing for us man me and my buddy uh calvin he's and then uh my buddy carlos like there's there's like so many different people that helped out with this project so it's like our thank you list is going to be like longer than the game itself so, <laughs> you never know but no like we're trying to get to the point where we can um we're supposed to attend pax east again this year just as visitors we were originally going to show uh, mm-hmm. the, the game, but it was with everything that went went on this past year with our delays, we weren't able to complete the uh, the, the updated demo. So I didn't want to spend five thousand dollars showing off a half-assed demo. Oh, geez, yeah, wow. it's expensive too. Pax East is pricey. It's like twenty five hundred dollars to have the floor space, and then you have to pay for like your rental and your your hotel hotel accommodations your food all that stuff is crazy well i'm sure it's good exposure but yeah if you're not yeah. ready to show off something you're you're ready or proud of mm-hmm. I mean, you know what i mean to show yeah. you don't want to like you know half-ass it and yeah because they're impressing that money exactly like last year we went we attended um the march show pax east 2023 and that was great i mean i met with over 30 publishers but you know I tried to get with Devolver Games, but they weren't interested. And uh, Modus, I think it's Modus Games, a couple, couple big, big companies. 
uh, a company that put out um toxic is it toxic avengers yeah i think i i heard of that yeah, uh yeah i reached out to them i mean we met with a number of them and they were they seemed like they were kind of interested but like people don't quite get it yet you know they don't they don't understand what's coming so you know, we're making <laughs> yeah, a game that's in your head yeah they can't see in our head yet <laughs> well just the creativity that's there man it's wild like when you see what we're what we're making it's it's interesting i mean i'm not saying it's the most creative thing ever made it's just at least in my vision i think we're trying to make something that's a little more unique than your everyday beat em up game you know i'm not making a game that's existing it's not an existing ip you know i mean yeah. sega already owns streets of rage you know and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles already existed and Toxic Toxic Crusaders and a number of other games. It's it's not easy. What I'm saying is it's not easy to design and create a world that never existed before and make it interesting to other people. You know, with with no, you know, no pre-existing exposure whatsoever. I mean, it's not like I'm taking an existing franchise and I'm trying to make it into something enjoyable. It's like I'm trying to make something unique, interesting, creative and enjoyable and also entertaining all at the same time but also want to make a world that can continue and thrive long after the game's done because that's what publishers want they want to know like okay you made this one game what else can you do for us like do you have sequels planned and it's like yeah of course i got the comic yeah. book like you yeah, said about to say, in, in your head in your head you yeah. already have all those other avenues from the media mm -hmm. ready like yeah you know, to go yeah yeah exactly so i'm building i'm building a world but i'm also planning ahead which is what i was kind of going back to the way the team sort of responds sometimes is like oh you know maybe you're not focused enough on what we need to get done and it's like well i'm absolutely focused it's just not as easy as people think when you don't have the money or the capital to continue to pay them to do those things you know it's a constant juggle like maybe one one month I want sound effects done. So I kind of have to dip into my programming budget so I can't have the programmer work on the game as frequently or, you know, animation assets are expensive. So maybe for the next two or three months, I'm solely focused on animation assets, you know, and character assets. So I can't work on backgrounds or whatever. Um, the good thing is the combat engine is pretty much done. It's about 75% there. I mean, I think it plays pretty well. The, the controls feel really tight. Um, I want to make something a little more unique and and not so familiar with like every other game's kind of using that Marvel vs. Capcom, you know, infinite air juggles, <laughs> you know, <laughs> speeding up enemies to death. Um, because our game's more about crowd control because mm -hmm. it is uh, sort of restricted. Uh, you only can, you know, move left to right, but you can also jump, crouch, you can you can you have ground effect or ground attacks and uh, specials, um, but it's pretty well thought out. You know, there's going to be eight levels or eight stages, and you have to earn a special attack for each. You know, you fight an end boss, earn a special ability. I mean, originally we had planned. Uh, there's supposed to be planned for a weapon to to acquire a weapon at some point, because the weapon is essential to you know, defeating one of the end bosses. Like, you can't defeat him without the weapon. So mm -hmm. there's also um, Kid's um, companion, which is his dog, his biomechanical dog. <laughs> so <laughs> his dog, Mud. And his sister is also supposed to be playable at some point. Black mm -hmm. Rose, that's the 
Yeah, that like uh, <laughs> right there. Yeah. yeah, she's like his. She's a Kunoichi. She's like a you know shinobi, female shinobi. Um, I read something that said like Capcom said I forget who said it at Capcom, but they said like any game that has ninjas in it is just considered cool. So I had to put a ninja <laughs> in my game. It's just essential. <laughs> he said that like I forget who I think it was Aki Man. Maybe he said it. In one of the interviews, he was like, any game with a ninja is just cool. So I was like, all right, that's good enough for me, man. Let's do it. I mean, I always, who doesn't love ninjas, though, right? No, for real. Ninjas are like, so, yeah, they're true. like uh, cowboys or like universal, yeah, yeah. you know. I don't exactly. know. They're just yeah. cool. That's, you know, that's you just hit on something. Is there a cowboy ninja story at all? Be I feel like there is. is or there they're, they're inspired by cowboy it, ninja? you know what I mean? Yeah, but I feel is there like, like a cowboy ninja? game i don't know i don't know it's pretty I, interesting I, yeah cowboy I, feel like Bebop. Be. <laughs> I feel like there would be like where there's the the swords cool. the the swordsman who uses a gun also you know what i mean oh uh, yeah there's that yeah yeah i was saying uh, that'd be cool well and then said in those times but yeah no you're right like nin- there's some things that are just always cool and you know what's funny? like one of them the the one thing that really bogs my mind is like hmm. boggles me is <laughs> In Japan, they don't put out enough nin- ninja films. Did you notice that? It's like almost all samurai films, like modern in the modern day. Whereas, like if you look at a lot of like uh, martial arts films, a lot of them have, you know, ninjas are sort of in there in the story. Like Iron Monkey, it's like shinobi in that. You know, mm-hmm. have you ever? Are you into martial arts films at all? Very little. I'm oh, trying really? to like. I'm trying to get more in, into that uh you know recently like just check it out older movies or check out the classics and check out anything that donnie yen did you know like if mom ip oh i've seen those all those those are are really good good. all the classics like bruce lee yeah i mean i watched um one of my favorite movies of all time is fist of legend with jet lee i've never never seen that yeah that's one of the most amazing choreographed martial arts films i've ever seen um I watch a lot of a lot. I watch a lot of movies that, in general. You know, it's funny because, like, I think it was um, for whatever reason. Now I'm gonna, of course, draw a blank. But oh, Hideo Kojima, he was like, my body's made up of like 90 percent of movies or something like that. <laughs> something like that. And I, was like, I said something like, yeah, I'm I'm like the same, but it's like with with me, it's like anime because I grew up with that stuff. So yeah. Anime. No, I, I grew up with a lot of like '90s Nickelodeon, '90s Nick oh, at yeah. Night reruns. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of like the comedy I'm used to is that well timed, like oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like like Lucy, where she falls or yeah. falls or slapstick. yeah, yeah, slapstick or someone sets up another person for a joke and then they do the punchline and you can't do that on television. Slime. Yeah. Stuff yeah, like that, that, like yeah, yeah or or even the '90s animation, you know, like oh yeah, like you said it's all, and then going back to like your game, it's very the retro inspired feel, and it's something about it that is like making a comeback resurgence, you know, in yeah, these times, yeah, you know that yeah, that sure. art style, you know, yeah, I mean, the whole thing with the visuals is like when I first started, I really didn't know what direction I want to go in, so we kind of explored different ideas for visuals. 
And um, originally, like, I was thinking, like, maybe a 60s style was pretty cool. Because um, I used to love 60s animation. Like, American mm-hmm. animation was pretty interesting. It was sort of a hybrid. looked like um, it was drawn by, like, manga artists. And, um, yeah, then I kind of was like, you know what? How about, like, a 90s graphic novel style? Like, not quite Comic Zone, but, you know, I just imagine the pages of, like, a Mike Magnola comic book coming to life, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's going for that kind of darker aesthetic. So yeah, I mean that's kind of what we're doing now. Um, the new sprites have a lot of dark shadows now, like really heavy black shadows, sort of Mike Magnola esque, or like, mm. you know, still has that anime influence. So it's pretty cool. No, no, I'm I'm really looking to forward to. Yeah, yeah, thanks. No, yeah, I'm definitely gonna keep our eyes on yeah. it, and uh, yeah. yeah, no, that that's. Pizza Kid, I want to thank you, uh, Colin, yeah. for being here. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Today. Uh, yeah, so they can find you like on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, the Kid Pizza Discord. Yeah. I'm sure I'll put the link in the description. Uh, anywhere else they can find you? Um, I mean, if anybody's at PAX East 2024 in Boston, Massachusetts, I believe it's March 22nd. Uh, we'll probably be there on the 22nd and 23rd, just walking around, passing out stickers and giving away some some cool stuff just like promoting the game walking around with a steam deck basically and just trying to get people to check it out um yeah but i I mean those are the those are the spots those are the places to be discord and and on twitter and hopefully people will wishlist it because you know the more wishlist we can get the the more we can you know more exposure we can get on steam which is uh sort of essential to um getting us you know more exposure and more recognition from some of the publishers. Like, hopefully, they see us and they find interest. No hell yeah, yeah, no, I, so. yeah. And, and that's available on Steam. I'll put the link there. Yeah. Everyone, wishlisted, play the demo. It's fucking great. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, and no, I want to thank you for your time today. And yeah, mm-hmm. nothing but right, success cool. for you, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, take care. All right, take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.